Good morning and welcome once again to FAM Church. We're excited that everyone is here this morning. At FAM Church, we are here for connection with Christ. Our hope is to connect the people of this community, the people of this church to Christ. That's what we're here for. We're glad that you have joined us this morning. And, and like Maurice said, if you're here for the first time, if you could take that connection card and fill that out and take it to our, uh, our VIP reception after service just so that I can meet you, some other people can meet you, and we can give you a free gift. And today, our message is, gonna, is called Speak Life, okay? And so that's why we had that song that we had before I came up here. We want to speak a little bit of life. And, and, and here's where this message came out of. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, myself and uh, the church staff, we went to something called Catalyst One Day. And uh, at this event, uh, this man named Craig Rochelle was talking about some declarations that he makes in his life on a regular basis. There's things that he speaks over himself, that he speaks over his life um, every single day. Every single day, at the beginning of the day, he starts his day out by opening up this binder, opening up this notebook, and declaring some things, speaking some things to himself. He tells himself that he is disciplined. He says that he loves people and believes the best about them. Every day he says those things because he wants his brain to understand and believe those things. Now for some of you, you're hearing this and you're saying, "Uh uh-oh, we're in trouble. We're going down that road of being that self-help church with a self-help pastor. I don't know about this. Can I tell you That's not the case. That's not where we're going. That's not what we're talking about. Because the things that we're going to talk about today are scriptural. They're found in the Bible. And so it's not going to be about self-help. It's going to be about us doing some things that open a door and a channel for God to do something in our lives. And so let's start off by looking at this word, the words thought, thoughts, and mind, okay? Uh, They're mentioned throughout the books of the Bible. If you look at this word mind, it's talked about 120 times in the Bible, 120 different times mind is mentioned in the Bible. Uh, Thought is mentioned 91 times, and thoughts appears 40 times. Okay, so these words are in there. They're in the Bible, and there's a reason for this. Each one of us, each one of our lives are moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So if your thoughts are full of faith, if they're full of God's truth, if they're full of being more like Jesus, you become the person that Jesus is calling you to be. If, however, your thoughts are filled with negativity, your thoughts are filled with with sin, are filled with stuff that's leading you down a wrong road, your life is going to become something different and you're not gonna live and walk in the victory that Jesus has for your life if that's where your mind is constantly at. And so this morning, to kick this off, I wanna start by reading from the book of Romans. We're going to look at a text in the book of Romans this morning, and uh, we're, it's in the New Testament. Um, and uh, this is, uh, the book of Romans is an interesting book. They call it the most theologically complete work that was written in the New Testament. Paul, the guy who wrote it, he, he went into great detail on some topics and things that a lot of other books don't touch on. And um, one of the areas he touched on is what we're going to be talking about in Romans chapter 8. And so 
If you're familiar with Romans, you're, lo- you're welcome to turn there to Romans chapter 8. Uh, otherwise, if you don't know where that's at, we're going to have it on the screen behind me. Uh, but uh, we're going to be reading verses 5 and 6 uh, to start off with this morning. We're going to be going to another place in Romans in a little bit. And so don't close your Bible once you get there. But here's what it says, and I'm reading from the New Living Bible. And it says this, Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and to peace. Okay, so there's two places this text tells us that our mind can be at, okay? There's two lines of thinking that we can have. The first one, Paul says, is dominated uh, by uh, those who think and live according to the sinful nature. That's the first thing that can dominate our minds is our sinful nature. All right, and, uh, but the text tells us there's a second option. There's another option, and that option is the mind controlled by this Holy Spirit. Those who are controlled, those who, are, uh, who let the Holy Spirit guide their thinking, they think about something else. See, they think about what the Holy Spirit desires. Not only does it tell us the two ways of thinking, but these verses also tell us two other things. They say there's going to be different results in your life depending upon which way you think. The first way, if you're living according to the sinful nature, the path is going to lead to death. However, if we follow the second way, the second methodological the idea of thinking, the being led by the Spirit, it says there that it's going to lead to life and to peace. And so what this means is the inner dialogue that we have is a huge deal in our life. I don't know how many of you in here talk to yourselves, but I talk to myself all the time. As a matter of fact, this message I spoke out loud a couple of times before I got up here to do it uh, in my office. And there's times where I'm in there and I'm talking to myself and I'm always concerned that somebody's going to come to the door and just walk in and hear me sitting there talking to myself. Because, you know, what do you think when you run into somebody who's talking to themselves? Yeah, they're a little crazy. I mean, uh, one time Dana and I were in Boston, we're on this train, we're riding the subway from downtown to our, our house, and there was this guy sitting in the back of the, of, the, of the car that we were in, and he had his Bible open, and he just kept saying out loud, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, over and over and over again. And so my thought is, even though he was looking at the Bible and saying that, I thought, this dude's lost a marble because people don't sit there saying, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening out loud in a train, right? Yeah, you think you lost it. But the question is, when you speak to yourself, whether it's out loud or it's in your mind, what are you saying to yourself? Is your talk dominated by sinful, negative, and critical thinking? Or is it God-honoring, led by the Holy Spirit, and Christ-directed? So you may be saying to yourself, well, what does each one look like? Well, let me provide you with a couple of examples. In your thoughts, do you wake up in the morning and say to yourself, what is this stupid alarm clock's problem? Anybody ever say that? Doesn't it understand that nobody wants to be up at this time of day? Do you say, man, don't anybody talk to me? until I have a cup of coffee because I cannot guarantee what will happen before that? Or do we say, 
Why is there a child in my room? Why is he pulling on my bed? Why did I have children in the first place? Or is it, here we go again, I wish I had an extra day in the week, I'm so tired, I have to go to this stupid job and work with stupid people to barely earn a living to get by. Or, in the morning are your thoughts, my God is with me. It is a great day to be up and moving. My life and what I do matters. I've got a great calling and I am full of faith. I'm full of life. I'm full of peace. I've been given divine energy to overcome anything, all things that I face and that God has called me to do. I'm excited about this day today and I'm going to make a difference for the glory of God. And I think if all of us were to be real honest with ourselves and look at our lives, and we talked about being honest with ourselves last week if you were here, but it's a really important thing, it's a really important deal. But if we were to look at our general life and dialogue that we have on an average day, it probably looks more like the first example than it does the second example. If you were to look at a, just a regular sort of day, yeah, we have our days where we get up and where we're excited and we speak that God's got great things in store, but on the, as a general rule, we wake up. I mean, even today, I remember waking up, the alarm went off at 4.40 and I said to myself, really? You know, that's just who we are. That's how we operate. And that's not good because as I already said, our life is moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. I mean, that was the realization I had about a month ago. I looked at my life. I looked at what was happening with me. My alarm clock would go off at 4.15, 4.30, and it would just be like, why, why do I have to get up so early? This just isn't fair. Why can't I have more time in my day so I don't have to be up this early? Or I'd, I'd think about the church, and I'd look around at the church, and I'd say to myself, God, why aren't you doing more in this church? Why isn't more happening in this church? Why, this, you know, God, Why? And I would look at, I just said, man, I just don't know how long I can keep up in life. I was down, I was thinking downer thoughts and repeating those thoughts to myself over and over and over again. That was my inner dialogue and it was pulling me further and further into a hole. Then one day, about a week before Catalyst, we went to Catalyst one day, I recognized that something needed to change. I wasn't entirely sure what needed to change, but I knew that I needed to change my thinking. That if I could somehow change how I thought, that could change a lot about me. And it would make me a different person. And really, when you look at another book, uh, verse in the book of Romans, that's what it challenges us to do. And so I want to turn to Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. And uh, so if you're still in the book of Romans, just head over to chapter 12. This is what it says. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. You see, Paul tells us not to copy the behaviors and the customs of this world, but instead we are to do what? We're to let God transform How does God do that? By changing the way that we think about things. 
okay? And God, he can take those things. He can change, he can, uh, and by changing the way we think, God can and will transform us and change who we are on the inside by speaking those things into our brain and changing the way we think. I mean, do you understand the power in that verse? The first thing that we need to see is that it's not about me changing me. It's about us giving God the opportunity, avenue, and place to change us. He changes our mind by changing the way that we think, by replacing negative, sinful, and destructive thoughts with godly truth. And we have to understand something. So much of our life is not about what happens to us, but how we respond when something happens to us. What do I mean? You can take the same event and have the same thing happen to two people in their lives. Whatever tragedy, whatever situation, whatever, whatever thing, you can have it happen to two people and you can get two different responses to that event and that tragedy. One person, it derails their life and takes them to a place where they walk away and get far from God. But yet you can take this exact same event and have it happen to somebody else, and instead of it derailing their life, it pushes them and draws them closer to Jesus. Why does that happen? It's because of where we put our mind, where we put our heart when those things happen. If the bad, a tragic event happens to us and we're saying to ourselves, this isn't fair, life isn't fair, God isn't fair, he sucks, we're going down a track that will lead to, to our train car derailing and things falling apart. However, if we change that and we say to ourselves, you know what? God, even though this happened, you are good. God, even though this happened, I know that you love me. God, even though this happened, I'm still walking and serving you. It takes your life in a completely different direction. And instead of leading to derailment and destruction, it leads to growing closer to Jesus and giving him the opportunity to work deeper and more powerful in your life. You see, it's how you think about what happens to you. And it's not just that in, in, in tragedy, but it's like that with every single day of our life, regardless of what's going on. I mean, I hear a lot of people talk about how stressed out they are. And there's some people that are stressed out because they can't properly manage their schedule, okay? And that's a different conversation. But what a lot of people, why a lot of people are stressed out is because they allow their mind to tell them that they are too stressed out. Instead of going to the word of God and doing and, and applying what God's word says to us in those situations, as Jesus has said, come to me and lay your burden on me. My burden is light. My burden is easy. And so instead of taking those things, instead of taking that stuff and piling it on our shoulders, we listen to Jesus and pile it on his it changes our outlook and how stress impacts our life. Because <clears throat> his power is real, his grace sustains you, and when you are weak, his power is strong. Suddenly a situation that used to bring stress to you is now an opportunity to tap into God's power. And I can see some of the wheels spinning in your brains right now. You are... Maybe saying, man, this is stupid. We can't just think ourselves to a better life because thinking can never change where I'm at. Well, 
Here's what Paul tells the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and I'm going to read verses 3 through 5. This is what it says. It says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. We've got some weapons here. We've got a weapon here. And the weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. And not only are these weapons not normal, but they are spiritual. And they're incredibly powerful. Paul tells us that they can demolish strongholds. What's a stronghold? All right, the Greek word that is translated stronghold is the word oshuroma. To understand this word, I want you guys to paint a picture in your head, okay? I want you to paint a picture of a prison. You've got the tall fences. You've got the barb and razor wire across the top of the fences. You've got the guards and the guard towers and the guns. And, and then you go inside and you've got jail cells and cages and, and locks and all of this stuff, uh, all to keep people locked up. And let's say you've been in this jail for 20 years and every day it's the same routine. You wake up in the morning you go to your jail cell door, you wait for them to unlock the door, you wait for the guards to come and unlock the door so that you can step out and so that you can go to breakfast or wherever it is you're gonna go, okay? And so because you've been doing this for so long, you know that until, you until the guard steps in and unlocks the door, there's nothing that you can do because you are locked behind this cell. Well, let's say one night in the middle of the night when you're sleeping, all of the guards decide that they are going to leave. They're done with this. And so they just go through and they unlock all the prisoners' doors. Nobody knows that they've gone through and done this. It's unlocked. So everything is open. Your cell is unlocked. The, the gates to the main building are unlocked. Everything is open. And you get up in the morning and your cell door is still closed, but it's locked. And so what is your response to that situation? You get up, you get out of bed, and you stand there and you wait for the guards to come and unlock the door. Why? Because your brain has told you for the last 20 years that you're not going to be able to get out of that cell until the guard comes and opens the door. The guards are gone, and so you're just there, and you sit, and you sit, and you sit, and you sit, even though all you'd have to do is this, and the door would be open, and you'd be able to walk out. That is the picture of a stronghold in our life. It's a mindset that says, I can't get out. I can't get free. Even though you've given your life to Jesus, and Jesus has unlocked the door, he's, he's, he's opened all of the way for you to step out of this thing, your mind and your brain says that you can't because of what you've experienced in the past in your life, never being able to get free from that. And for some of you, that's where you're at in your life. You've given your life to Jesus, and Satan has convinced you that you can't get free, and you never will. He has so convinced you that you don't even have the faith to reach out and push against that door that's been unlocked to see if it will open. 
You instead believe the lie. It's a stronghold of the evil one. But the good news is that we have the power to demolish and destroy that lie, that stronghold in our brain. How do we do this? The text tells us quite clearly that we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. We capture the rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Jesus. What does that mean? What does it mean to capture? It means that we tell those thoughts, you know what? You need to shut up because Jesus has a different way of doing it. That's how we teach ourselves to obey the Holy Spirit. We have to tell our brain, we have to tell our mind, we have to tell our thoughts what to do. We have to tell our brain, our mind, and our thoughts what Jesus has said, what the Bible has declared, what God has spoken about us. We have to tell those to our brain and our mind to pull down the stronghold. You grab a hold of it and you say, no, this is what the word of God says. So you need to be honest with yourself and ask yourself the question, what are the thoughts that I'm having? Do you struggle with thoughts of anger? Do you struggle with thoughts of lust? Do you struggle with addiction? And it's hanging around and you're constantly battling those thoughts to give in. Maybe the stronghold is gossip. Maybe your walk with God is inconsistent and one week it's going great and the next week it's not going so great. Maybe it's that you're not patient, you struggle to be kind or joyful or gentle, self-controlled or faithful. Have you ever considered that maybe the problem is that you have a stronghold there that you haven't spoken the word of God to so that you can be free and break out of that cage. Because Jesus wants us to walk in life. He wants us to walk in power. He wants us to walk free from those strongholds. And as we speak into those situations, as we speak truth into those situations, uh, it'll begin to cause them to break. It'll begin to cause them to fall apart. It'll begin to speak life and that death and that negativity and all of that stuff that's not from God is going to start to crumble. It's going to start to fall underneath the weight of the truth of God's word. And you'll be able to change your thinking and have the life that Jesus gives moving and working in your life on a daily and a regular basis. If the worship team could come on back, you may be thinking to yourself, well, you know what? I don't even know what to say. Here's the deal. In this, in this week's program, in this week's bulletin, we put this piece of paper in there. It's a list of declarations that you can speak to yourself on a daily basis. It taught, the first section there is, uh, it says, because of Jesus. These are words that we can speak to ourselves because of Jesus, who he is, and what he's done in our life. Because of Jesus, I am a child of God. 
Because of Jesus, I am chosen. Because of Jesus, I am strong, I am fearless, I am free, I am loved. I am joyful, I am gentle, I am patient, I am faithful. These are words that we can speak into our lives, that we can speak into our minds, that can, can become a part of who we are so that our mind can go from thinking on sin, thinking on the old way of doing things, allowing those strongholds to have a grip and a hold in our lives to allowing God's word to get in there and break in and break through and break free and set us free. And then on the other side, there's a, there's a section for women, women and for men. But here's the deal. If the thing fits you, declare it. Declare it. Because God is bigger than the temptations that we face. But see, here's the deal. Many times, believers live a life of less than what God wants from them because they don't live in that victory. We get those strongholds in our mind and we let them run our lives and we never get free from them. We say to ourselves, oh, I know the Holy Spirit has to be in control, but we do nothing to make that happen in our life. And so this morning, my challenge to the church is this. For the next 30 days, spend some time in your devotional time, each and every single day, declaring these things over your life, declaring these things in your mind, declaring these things about you to see what God can do through you. Because see, what I did was a couple of weeks ago, I sat down and I made my own list. I made my own list of things. And what God did is he's completely changing my thinking and how I feel about stuff because each and every single day I get those declarations out. I speak those to my life. I say them out loud because you know what? I don't care if you think I'm crazy. I would rather have that victory over the strongholds in my life than a couple people thinking I'm a little crazy because I talk to myself. God wants to do something. God wants to break strongholds in people's lives this morning. God wants to do something to bring you into a new place. God wants your mind controlled by the Holy Spirit. God wants my mind controlled by the Holy Spirit. And so what we need to do is we need to speak what God says about who we are. Allow these words to speak to you. Allow these words to minister to you. Allow these words to come and change and transform who you are and everything about your life.